Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Brancatelli. This is Mike Adelic. You're you. You're listening. I'm talking in the past, but now it's the future and also the present. Welcome. Welcome to welcome to this. Welcome to this podcast. Got a great guest on the show today. Got my good friend Joey Gallagher, the executive director of Psychedelic Club. Psychedelic Club was one of the first places that I went to when I moved to Denver. Uh, the Psychedelic Club of Denver holds weekly meetings every Monday at uh, Hooked on Colfax, uh, which is a great place, great coffee, great people, and um, been uh, been attending as much as I can, and, and been fortunate enough to do some uh, some events over there, some some speaking and and things like that. Uh, so, uh, Psychedelic Club, they're they're an awesome network of chapters. They're not just localized to Denver. Uh, So uh, Joey heads up as the executive director, the Psychedelic Club National, uh, and they're dedicated to increasing awareness about psychedelics. And uh, I love, 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 love that they are founded on the idea of cognitive liberty. Man, that is just, I love that that that, that phrase is just getting around more. I love that more people are embracing it. I don't even know where I first heard it, but uh, ever since I first heard it, I just said, Yes, that is the thing. They uh, they they believe in uh, in pretty much the same thing that I believe. A personal interest in psychedelics is legitimate, healthy, and socially acceptable. No one should be able to tell you what you can and cannot do as long as you're not forcing your way or forcing anything onto anybody else. You know, it's our bodies, our minds, our souls, our choices. And uh, you know, when we embrace that, when we can tolerate that in this world, uh, and we can have more uh, peaceful above ground uh tolerant and acceptable form of uh of psychedelics integrating into society uh, we can really begin to heal a lot there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of healing right now and a lot of people that are coming out that are curious and coming out coming out of the psychedelic closet you know not being afraid to talk about this stuff not being afraid to stand firm in your integrity and what you believe in you know uh, I, I oftentimes still hear a lot of people saying oh I can't really talk about that I can't really talk about that but you know when we do talk about it we we give it what it we give it the 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 respect and the value that it deserves and we also infiltrate well, I don't know if I want to say the word infiltrate but we we pop in to someone else's reality tunnel we we disrupt the narrative that they have by just saying yeah I, I use psychedelics and they're extremely beneficial for me you know, whether whatever it is that you do. And that's the beautiful thing that I love about what Joey has created with many others, uh, Bethany and, and Clayton and uh, Joe Moore is also uh, on the board advising. And, and um, am I leaving some people out? I, I, I forget. Uh, Dave, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, amazing people that, that head up this uh, organization and bring this together. And, um, and the beautiful thing about it is that every time I go to psychedelic, there's always just it's just uh, it's just filled with people who are curious and and open and want to learn about this stuff. And uh, we talk about all this in the show, so I'm not going to go on too much. But Psychedelic Club is a great, great organization. So I highly recommend checking it out. All the links are in the show notes in the description there, and uh, check it out. And uh, and like I said, they they're a network of chapters. So maybe they have a chapter where you're located. Or maybe if you're interested in starting one, then you can reach out to them and contact them. I believe this is a this is a great way to spread the message and and spread the love and find the others and join 
in uh, in this psychedelic renaissance that we find ourselves in. So I got a, a couple things coming up. I'll be on the Good Cinema panel for uh, the Gaia Psychedelica series talking about a psychedelic society. And man, am I so psyched to be talking about this because I'm going to start talking more and more about this sort of thing. Uh, you know, through the years of doing this podcast, that's sort of my whole intention was to try and fuse uh, libertarian philosophy with uh, the psychedelic experience. And from that initial core, I've expanded into so many different diverse realms of thought and ideas and experiences that have just made that whole original idea so much more robust and so much more fluid. And um, recently, Charles Eisenstein has been blowing my mind. So I've been reading all of his books. I've been, well, I'm, I'm on two of them right now. But I have more in the queue, and I'm just following up on a lot of stuff. He's really helped crystallize a lot of my thinking and, and really helped put me in a direction of where I want to be going with the message that I want to be delivering, and that is one of, of a psychedelic society. So uh, I'll be talking at the Alamo Draft House. I'll be on the panel with a bunch of other people, or a few other people. Uh, so if you're around, come out to that. Shit, I forget what time it is. I think maybe it starts at 6 or 7. But just check it out, Good Cinema. You can find them on Facebook, on Instagram. And uh, I'll be on that panel for Psychedelic Society. Then uh, December 20th, I'm doing something else. But I think it's a secret, so I can't announce it yet. But who knows? Um, but yeah, more live events to come. That's, uh, that's what I'm excited about, about this podcast growing. You know, just more, we're getting so many more listeners and more downloads. And uh, it's, it's really awesome. And I want to start doing more things live, more face-to-face, -face, uh, and just really kind of stepping it up. So stay tuned for you know, big plans coming in 2020. Thank you to everybody who leaves ratings and reviews. Uh, I, they just, they, they help the show. I mean, I, I constantly check them out and, and it just, it, it makes me feel good when you guys write something. Uh, it helps the show. It helps spread the message. It helps create more awareness. So thank you to everybody that goes and does that. And uh, yeah, if you want to go a step further, I have a Patreon. You could leave, um, you could donate a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever you want to Patreon. Um, everything I offer, I offer in the spirit of the gift. And I, I say that, uh, and I mean it, you know, I, I don't do this for any other reason than the fact that I love to do it and that I feel most passionate about this. And, uh, yeah, I recently posted something on Facebook about like suggested donations. And I just think that it's kind of bullshit. Suggested donation is basically just asking someone to pay a particular price. And with that comes like, a shame or a feeling of guilt if you if you don't you know want to contribute to the suggested donation price or you know you kind of feel like oh i guess i might be a shitty person if i don't give so i i guess i feel kind of obligated to give in this like fake friendly kind of way but i don't i don't i don't really like that i don't want to operate that way you give what you feel you want to give you know uh and i always say on the show you know what to do when you like something you know, when you like something, you don't need other people to tell you what to do. You just do it out of the goodness of your heart. You want to do it. You feel compelled to do it. And that's the kind of community that I want to be a part of. That's the kind of community that I want to create. I want to create a community of spontaneous, voluntary, compassionate, loving, caring, kind, you know, open individuals that feel strongly or passionately about something and say, hey, yeah, I, I want to contribute. Or, hey, I can't contribute, and that's okay, too you know, uh, whatever, and whatever it is, you know, like I, I, in my post, I wrote like, even if you want to just send me a bag of Thai chili cashews, I like that too. You know, it's the gesture, it's the thought. It, it really is. It doesn't matter about what it is. 
It just matters about what is coming out of your heart. How do you feel about what is going on? And so if you do get value from this, do whatever you want, you know? Uh, but I do have a Patreon page. I do have a website that has, uh, it's mikebrank.com. You could do one-time PayPal donations, or you could send me stuff, you know, send me, <laughs> send me things. Uh, you know, anything works, just saying hi, just saying thank you, you know, send me an email. Um, everything, everything works. Uh, it is all, it is all about giving and receiving and, uh, and, and feeling good about this. So thank you, whatever you do, thank you. Uh, I have uh, Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. They make CBD products. So uh, if you are interested in CBD and interested in what they have to offer, go to hempbombs.com. You put in the code Mike15, you get 15% off. I think they probably have some other good deals going on right now for the holidays. So check that all out as well. I'll probably have a solo cast coming out soon. I did record a, a solo cast, but it's, it's, it's almost two hours long. I don't know if I want to release it. Uh, I, I think um, I, I want to try and keep them a little shorter. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe I'll release it to my Patreon crowd. Let me know if that's something that you want. Uh, send me an email, mikebrank.com. Go to the contact form. Hit me up on Instagram, mikeadelic underscore podcast. Find me on Facebook and everywhere else. Uh, and that's it. Anyway, let's get into this awesome conversation with my good friend, Joey Gallagher, the executive director of Psychedelic Club. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject the authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. normal it's gonna be <laughs> lately my conversations have been pretty weird so yeah have they what have you been talking about uh well as, you know today's giving tuesday so i asked a large amount of family members for donations to psychedelic club um so that was kind of a new thing uh when i first moved to denver like three years ago i was kind of afraid to attach my name to psychedelics and now i'm asking my mom for donations so wow what what uh what changed um I just, you know, just being in Denver and the whole campaign and just being more public about it and and more people are realizing that it's okay. And I think just the whole environment around it has changed. Yeah. What did did your family say? They're very supportive. They are? Um, Surprisingly, they don't ask too many questions or anything. Um, You know, at first at weed, it was kind of like, uh-oh. You know, now that I think that they know, you know, cannabis is legit and all the business around is totally legit. There's a lot of money in cannabis. Um... But yeah, my family's very supportive. And actually, I, 
I'm kind of surprised they don't ask me more questions about it. But yeah, they're just they'll donate and say have a good Tuesday, Joey. <laughs> Did they donate? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh nice. I think uh, most of my donations came from my direct family members, and I think some of them have never even tried psychedelics, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool that they would su- they support you like that because when you're starting out and you're trying to get things moving and off the ground, and especially like what we're doing, we're talking about psychedelics, right? Something that's been like taboo and it's illegal for in most of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's almost like a, it's like a double sell, you know? It's like, hey, like support me in my business, and it also happens to be in psychedelics. So yeah. the fact that they'll support, you know, you need that support from family and friends. Okay. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice, so. man. Congrats. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. So you went. You went home. You went home to Chicago. Yeah. Over, over the summer. summer, you spent the whole summer there. Yeah, thirteen weeks. Thirteen yeah. weeks of summer. And you got some knee surgery done, right? Yes, I did. I had a total knee replacement with hinges. I got full titanium now. Um, yeah, can uh, can't go past a metal detector without getting a pat down. Every time, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's a huge titanium thing. Do uh, they give you like a card or something that says like, "Hey, I have a titanium thing. <laughs> this is from the doctor." No, That'd be helpful. no, yeah, and actually TSA, you know, unsurprisingly, were total, you know, jerks about it. I had my knee wrapped up and everything, and I'm like, you know, I have a, a titanium knee, and it's obviously wrapped up. Um, it's it's gonna make your wand beep. And he's like, we'll see about that. Like, we'll see if it matches up. Oh my and god! So the TSA, TSA were being jerks. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that? What? I felt totally violated <laughs> by TSA. Yeah. Um, no, I actually get. I used to. So when I, you know, you knew you knew me before. Um, I obviously had you know, like a deformity in my knee and I would get a pat down every single time, even though I was wearing shorts and you could like see the scars and everything, they would still pat me down because their dumb machine said something was wrong with my leg. But, uh, yeah, I've always gotten pat down. So, yeah. And you, and you were born with, uh, what was the, you, you told me once before, but, uh, well, I'm going to try to pronounce it, but I might screw it up. It's macro dystrophia lipomatosa. Um, I believe I'm like one of six or one of 10 people in the entire world who has it. Wow. Um, basically, I had, it's a localized form of gigantism. Um, my right femur bone, the, uh, the bottom half that attaches to uh, the you know other half of my leg was basically growing too large, and that's why I couldn't bend it or anything. Um, and it hasn't always been like that. I used to suffer from, from, the, from the same condition, uh, tumors and such, uh, growing up. So I would have constant um, surgeries when I in was young. In the same spot? Uh, throughout the whole leg. Not specifically really the knee, but kind of the knee, kind of um, in the upper. So the tumor was um, more attached to the muscle. So I used to have a bunch of surgeries that were just about, you know, fixing the muscle, fixing the skin. This was the first real surgery that dealt directly with a knee. So, yeah, I got a full knee from, you know, six inches is just all titanium and everything. And that's a really intricate area. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces and... Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Oh yeah, dude, it's like the most psychedelic thing that's ever happened to me. Wow, getting a new limb. Yeah, um, it's you know, cause <laughs> I was stuck, you know, walking a certain way um, for like five years. I couldn't bend my knee, man. And when I took, you know, I, even right now, I can still feel the thing in there. Like I can feel the stake in my bones and everything. Um, and it's and it is trippy. And this is coming from someone who has done DMT <laughs> over fifty times. And I can tell you, getting a new body part is way more trippy. Um, <laughs> like learning when I first. Yeah, um, man. Wow. Took, um, cause so for the, I had some skin work done too. Um, and I had a knee straight for a month. Um, and then when I remember, I can still remember like it was yesterday, um, taking a, a step and bending my knee. And it was like, like first I just felt every component in this 
thing and this contraption. And I could still feel it, but not as much. But when I took that first step, I could feel like the whole everything, the thing. And then I felt like kind of like explosions in my brain. Cause Whoa. Because, like, you know, certain Because your body's like sending signals and messages like, to your hey, brain. Like, hey, we're doing this again. You've been asleep uh, for five move, years. Yeah. Move the knee now. Dude, I tried to run. And it, I mean, I wish someone. <laughs> the, guy, gotta... the guy up there is sleeping on the, on the job. <laughs> yeah, He's hey, like, hey, what are you hey, talking about? Move the knee. Fired. I moved the knee in five years. Dude, yeah. I got to get someone to videotape me trying to run because it's probably the funniest thing ever. Like, my left leg, my left leg knows exactly what to do. And my right leg is like a drunk sailor like it's just like a wet noodle like whoa what are we doing um so yeah <laughs> right. yeah did you see that movie inside out i have not oh it's like a it's a cute like kids cartoon movie but it's it has some adult themes in it too uh but it's funny it's just like they personify the body okay you know so it's like okay well like what do we do with this knee now what do we do with this leg you know that's exactly we don't know how to operate this thing but th- this this um so you're like you're rehabbing it now right like you're working it back to to health yeah, it's a it's a long process because there's some muscles in my leg that I haven't used for five years, um, and they're like you know when they started they were like as small as guitar strings, um, like even right now like I could I can barely kick out my leg when I first started physical therapy I couldn't do that at all, um, so like because I just haven't been able to do that kicking motion in okay. five years so yeah so you've been you said it was uh, the past five years, like yeah. before that were you able to bend and do more things with it and then it kind of came on at that time five years ago yeah the bones started growing so basically like giganticism is um your body doesn't start you know doesn't know when to stop growing right um and the more you know common is regular giganticism i guess um yeah well how old were uh, you five years ago uh 22 okay so at 22 it started to come on uh no so um well the, the, the bone part the bone part so the throughout i've had 10 10 or I lost count of how many surgeries I have. Um, I had my first surgery at two. Um, so, oh, okay. but those were tumors. Um, so it was like, imagine like in the leg. Yeah. Same so imagine leg, like yeah. the, uh, the muscles overgrowing. Okay. So like, um, they, instead of growing into huge buff muscles, they grow into tumors. And so they had to remove those. So oh, this was man. my first surgery completely focused on bones and uh, okay. stuff. So, right, yeah. yeah. So you've had multiple surgeries oh, yeah. on your, on your right leg. Yeah. This was a medium surgery. <laughs> I had okay. a total knee replacement with some skin work. And I would say this was, this was my, you know, middle of the road for me, man. I've had worse and I've had easier. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but because you're, you, you've been used to it. This has kind of been a part of your life, like. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. So there's like different sects of uh, people who know me, like you know my family. Obviously, like you know, Joey's having knee surgery. This is you know, you know, this is new. You know, nothing new. So you know, they're you know, it's like they kick into gear. They're ready to support me. Um, and then so it's like then there's people like you who knew me. Um, at first with just a major limp, and now afterwards, and now there's people who know me with no limp. Um, so it's like right. A, I I remember. Uh, meeting you at the circus collective i think and it was when the decriminalization when the signatures just got approved Mm -hmm. that's when i had just moved here i think i'd been in denver maybe two weeks or whatever and i remember them saying someone gathered a bunch of signatures and got the libertarian party on on board (laughs) and then you know and as soon as i heard that i was like oh someone here is like that and i'm like that's cool man and then I saw you and you got up and you you had the limp and I wondered oh what is that or whatever but I just immediately had this like damn this guy's like he's doing it man like yeah. he's he's like he's he's leading these these causes and he's creating these things and then I found out you were psychedelic club and everything and it, it just kind of, it was it was a little, it was like inspirational actually you know and I, and I felt um yeah I I felt like more 
I don't know, like more of like a human being or something, you know, like the, the feeling that you have when you see something and you just, you have appreciation or you see someone you have appreciation. So that was the, that moment for me when I met you. I just totally. To, yeah. To I'm not afraid that. to yeah. say I'm, I, I probably knocked, you know, top three most stores, the Denver decrim campaign. And actually my job, um, before moving to Denver was a canvasser. I used to work 10 days a week or 10 days a week, six days a week, 10 hours a day going door to door. Please don't. I would. I would hate to live in a world where there was ten days in the week. Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my job, and I actually got a phone call a month or two from my former boss. Um, first of all, congratulating him on my surgery, and he told me he's like, "Man, we used to talk about it with the other managers. We had no idea how you made it door to door. You had the most, some of the most doors, and a bum knee. Like we couldn't believe it. And so yeah, um, it wasn't easy, that's for sure. But I think it also. Um, it looked a lot worse than it was. You know, I was still able to, you know, get around. It looked really, really bad. It looked like I just broke my knee. <laughs> um, and often people thought, like, you know, I just broke my knee and I was, like, trying to look for help or something. But, um, you know, I made it work. Your body is really adaptable, I've learned. Um, yeah. So I think um, while, you know, it, it did make walking around and stuff more difficult, I think it looked a lot worse than it was. Was there, like, I mean, throughout your life going through all this kind of stuff, like, I'm sure... You know, because everybody, everybody deals with problems, right? Mm. And then, you know, you, you're you're thinking, well, this is the end of the world for me. This is, you know, this sucks. But there's, there's so many degrees of problems, right? And so, what, when, but you're dealing with this. What Did you have any kind of, like, fear and doubts or, like, just general sadness or depression? I mean, how did you kind of, like, get, get through all of this? Oh, yeah. And I... Um... I got a few funny stories about this. Um, oh crap! I just forgot one. Um, but um, no, it was uh, it was, you know, definitely scary and everything. And um, oh yeah, I had my first ego death mm. from recovering from surgery. Um, and I remember it was before. Man, I must have been in a teenager or something. This is before I was, you know, for before I smoked weed for the first time. Before I even, you know, knew what LSD was. I heard about it, you know, whatever. But I remember I was in the hospital and I was in so much pain. And I remember just, I was like, it was probably one of my worst surgeries. It was in 2010. I had a skin graft and everything. And uh, yeah, it was my first ego death. And I still remember thinking like, man, I felt like I died in there. Like something happened. Like there was just a slow point where I just surrendered and everything. And um, looking back on it after, you know, the long strain trip I've been on, that was most definitely an ego a death if I've ever seen one was me sitting in a hospital at bed one day so um yeah you know I've been listening to a lot of Ram Dass lately um and his awesome podcast which is on Spotify and such yeah what, uh Ram Dass here and now yeah yeah um, I love it yeah. and they talk about you know pain is you know the most direct path to God most past you know which is so weird but at the same time I totally agree um, I'm just learning that lesson now, man. Fuck. It's just, I mean, I've, I've gotten the message a few times, you know, and I've been like, okay, cool. I get it. And I would like embody that ethos for a little while. And then I'm like, all right, well, fuck uh, That's not it. It's, you know, but, but no, hey, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's, um, this great documentary on Netflix with Ram Dass. I it might be called be here now. Um, or no, it might be called going home. I forget. Uh, oh, uh, it's like 30 it, minutes uh, long. E it's not like it's called, it's not called eager to dying to know. Is that, Is that the, one? the one? No, that's the one with Timothy Leary. There's oh, another one where it's oh, just okay. Ram Dass in Maui, and he talks about his stroke, and he uh, right. He says, I don't wish you the stroke, but I wish you the graceless stroke. And that hits the nail on the head for me. It's like, yeah. I don't wish you the knee replacement, but I wish you the grace from the knee replacement, just because it has 
taught me how to appreciate life so much more. And, you know, every day is such a miracle uh, to be able to walk again, you know. So, yeah, it's just, you know, of course, you know, Ram Dass hits the nail on the head when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like I oftentimes think about things on on a larger scale about like society and, and civilization and like what is it going to take for us to kind of ch- ch- turn things around and a lot of people talk about crisis and you know that it takes like a big catastrophes and crisis to shake things up because it seems like almost sometimes that that's only when we can receive the message yeah and you need leaders to step the fuck up too so and we've been seeing that especially here in denver it's you know really great to get back in this house again um because the grassroots is where it's at baby yeah you know our intentions are mostly pure um and just where it's at you know there's uh why'd you say mostly pure i mean you know well you know we we don't dose everybody just one in every (laughs) ten no no there's some people involved in the grassroots that are you know shady and stuff sure sure the grassroots isn't perfect nothing's for the most parts ours are yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah you know it's great to get back you know to our roots and everything and i think you know the hut you know ever since the campaign um which was headquartered here um, yeah was has thrown the psychedelic um, renaissance into hyperdrive. And I think sometimes we get caught up in um, the hierarchy and everything, and not that we shouldn't be listening to our wise elders and everything, but we can't forget our roots, can't forget why we're doing this. We're doing this for their, the masses. We're not doing this so someone, you know, a select few group of people can make a quick buck or something. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the only way I think things change. You know, mm-hmm. I remember one time Hillary Clinton was like being asked about laws and something. It was like some video from like when, when she was running in 2016. She's like, you know, you don't you don't change hearts and minds. You change the laws and then the hearts and minds change. And I was like, you are a reptile from <laughs> Jupiter. And I need you to be sent back. there. 100% wrong. Yo, we're going to we're going to force comment on psychedelics because of our campaign because of our you know run of the mill or not run of the mill exact opposite of the run of the mill because of our our armada our you know fly by the seat campaign um and that's exactly the opposite what she said and i think a little you know some people um in the uh policy activist zone kind of got a little upset that a a bunch of grassroots people who some most of us never even you know i've been involved in several campaigns but a lot of teams were never involved in the campaign before and they pulled off the biggest campaign in 2019 it's like, one of the greatest things that i've ever seen yeah i yeah. mean people get paid so much money to try and do that and then here we are in uh in this in this beautiful home making buttons and we did it <laughs> everybody's just coming together i mean that that is the, that's i'm fir- i'm firmly in the camp of like that's the only way that things actually change for the better it's like co- committed passionate like-minded like-hearted individuals coming together collaborating voluntarily mm-hmm. you know and spontaneous it's like it just happens you just get together it's not this formulaic mechanized thing like a lot of businesses run and you know it's it's fly by the seat of your pants like you said like i was talking to travis the other day about this like well, that's why people like fish the grateful dead like they just improv when they're being interviewed i watched that long strange trip documentary they're being they're asking like these technical questions jerry garcia is just like man i don't know we just like have fun we just like intuit it you know like mm-hmm. it's like yeah that that comes from the heart yeah and that's uh we kind of in some ways um you know i used to run the denver chapter of psychedelic club now i'm at the national office but i used to kind of take that um into making meetings, you know, while we should be, you know, organized on, on top of our stuff, 
Um, I think Jerry Garcia once said he never wants a Grateful Dead show to be the same. He always wants it different. I, boom, Psychedelic Club. No meeting's going to be the same. You're going to learn some new shit when you get here, and it's going to be different. You're going to meet new people, you know, but while at the same time, you know, kind of having psychedelic professionalism and organization to us. So, Right, yeah, in, in, in a way that makes sense yeah. to people like us. Like, it's <laughs> like we're going to do things in this particular way. Yeah, and Psychedelic Club's great. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do a book talk there and, and some other things and been to a bunch of meetings and it's, it's awesome because there's, you know, there's so many like people, I think there's like a misconception. I think I had this too early on when I started getting involved with psychedelics, like around 2012 was like, Oh, it's all just like trance dance and like hippies and you know, all this stuff, grateful dead, deadheads. But you're meeting people now in a large part because of Michael Pollan's book, but you're meeting a lot of people. They're like, yeah, I heard about this thing. I, I heard it could really help, you know, PTSD or depression and people that are just, they're just people. Yeah. And I think if you come to the Denver meeting, that's, you know, it, the age range is crazy. The demographics for Colorado, um, you know, it's a lot of white people, um, which we're going to try to uh, alleviate, but you know, it is Colorado. Um, but the age range, the demographics, the backgrounds, the political beliefs. Um, yeah. It's great. So, yeah, like that. And so you've, you you worked so hard on the decrim campaign. And you busted your ass on that. And you're heading up Psychedelic Club at the same time. And you're working and you're doing all this stuff. And your knees busted up. And, you know, you, you have, you have the, the, the limp going on and everything. And you're still doing it all, man. And so, like... You know, through this process of your with your life, and and when you're talking about these surgeries and growing up and this stuff and that ego death moment, like that that kind of that sort of like gave you this leader heart in a way. Would you agree with that? Like it kind of made you realize that like like, like I'm I'm just curious as to like walk me through like what that experience was like. Like what did it feel like? Like what were the thoughts going on in your head when you had that experience? Um, yeah, sure. Well, first I would like to say. Uh, the way I basically came into this world, um, if you've ever met my dad, he'll tell you a story about how he brought me home from the hospital in his 1973 black Grand Torino that he still has. Clint Eastwood? That was a 72, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he has that post in the garage, don't worry. Uh, my grandpa looks just like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and he actually made him pose with the car, with the gun. Nice. So, yeah, uh, we got that post in the garage, too. Um, so you might ask, why would a loving father bring a baby home in a 1973 grand torino well that's because my mother had a rx7 sports car my car seat wouldn't fit in there so (laughs) that's how i came into this world wow um yeah so that kind of you know added a little badass to my flavor um right off the bat you know there's no yeah there's no hope for me being a a normal child so <laughs> yeah to go it's ask your parents what kind of car you came in and you're gonna know what kind of person you are exactly it's one, <laughs> so this is all my mom's mom and dad's fault they wonder why i'm all into this well shouldn't have brought me so home you guys a yeah. you should have got the you know you what know. if they picked you up in a tesla cyber truck like who would you be yeah <laughs> yeah some bad neck future i don't know um so yeah so that was when i was born um and i really didn't you know do much i wasn't really too into activism um, you know, high school and everything. And, um, I did discover, uh, Ron Paul in high school in stoned on YouTube at like 2 AM or whatever. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Watching like Ron Paul clips. Yeah. What um, year was this? This was his f- 20, 2007 cause it was the primary. So yeah. Okay. So when his first, his first presidential, well, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was his first. Did he run in the well, 80s he, he of the Libertarian Party? Libertarian party. Yeah, but yeah, his, his so yeah, his first big presidential run in the Republican Party. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then I got super involved in Libertarian politics. Um, I've kind of got a little disillusioned. Um. Due to um, like social conservatism and white nationalism, I don't think libertarians have done enough to expel them from our groups because they're like the exact opposite of. Um, I you know I, I've been trying to get a little, little back into libertarian stuff, um, especially with decrim stuff. But I think uh, the libertarians as a community has done a terrible job of keeping out white nationalists. So mm, um, yeah, I think you know if I do get involved, that's gonna be my number number one objective is to fuck up some white nationalists and get the fuck out of our. You know, uh, libertarian circles because you're not welcome. That's anti, you know, anti-liberty is white nationalism, racism. So yeah, you know, let, let it be known if I do get back into politics, I'm coming for you, coming for you, white nationalists, especially if you're in libertarian communities. Kind of ruin gonna, your day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if I if I if I were to come at them, I would just try and like just dose them like that would be like <laughs> come I, on now, Mike. you know, you can't be dosing people unconsensually. Well, if it's white nationalists, I mean, come on. <laughs> it'd, it'd be better than violence. I'm a man, I'm a pacifist. Okay, yeah, it'd be better than I'm hitting the head with a hammer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if the hammer was laced with LSD. <laughs> what if the hammer was laced with DMT, and yeah. when you hit them with it, they just exploded? <laughs> they were like, "Holy shit! I'm sorry." And then they that's then what happens is they become all of our servants. Hold they on. have they have their minds you blown. Think. They realize the wrongs of their ways, and all the racists and bigots become our servants. Unless they go do some Charles Manson shit. He used LSD to <laughs> get his people to do his shit. Yeah, but yeah, we're not Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's no. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, I, I yeah, I felt like with libertarianism, like it's you know, it's just it's just another camp. Yeah, you know, I think that like it's there's I agree with the core principle of like the non-aggression principle. Yeah. You know, like uh, I agree with. A lot. I agree with a lot of things, but I also don't really fully like it's. It's. It, I remember when I was was doing this show, part of the problem all the time, and I was like into libertarianism and you know just reading all the lib- like you get stuck in a bubble. Oh, yeah. totally. You get stuck in a bubble, just and like it's psychedelic just, kind of too. Yeah, just like psychedelics. I mean, you can get stuck in a bubble, and I always try and you know not get stuck in a bubble because when you get stuck in a bubble, then you're just you know confirming everything that everyone else believes, and you're just saying the same stuff. And there's new, no challenges, no new fresh ideas, except for these factions that have went off. Like right as I started transitioning out of libertarianism was when like Chris Cantwell and like these, you know, like Richard Spencer and this yeah. alt right, this alt right thing came up, and so many libertarians were like, "Oh, that's the way. That's the way." And I'm just like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like, the, I'm in infighting and warring factions. It's like I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, shit. there's a lot of social conservatism Fuck that. too. Yeah. yeah, they they extend the knowledge a lot. I don't know who I'm saying they, but um, a lot of um, people who proclaim themselves libertarians kind of extend the olive, olive branch much farther to Trump than they did Obama, and it's totally hypocritical. Um, you know, they're both fascists. Fuck them both. And Trump's yeah. the one in power right now. Like, you know, they they love to bash Hillary and, and Obama, but it's, it's Trump right now who's the, the you know, commander and shithead. Yeah, I just think that the whole the whole thing is such a distraction. It's such a, it's like, it's such a theater, this political game. I mean, there's a lot, I think on the local level, politics on the local level, because you could actually, you know, influence it. Yeah. But all this other stuff, I mean, it's just, I don't have time for it, man. Totally. Like, extend an olive branch to the people, you know, yeah. like like you were saying, the grassroots and getting the people involved. Like, 
I, that's, that is, that's the only way forward. I mean, I'm sure you see it, right? Like how many people come to psychedelic club and are like, Oh wow. Like the, I never knew about this before. And thank you for having me. You know, I'm sure you have like some, and yeah. does anything come, come uh, to the top of your mind actually? Like since starting psychedelic club, like any moments in particular that stood out for you and in, in terms of, uh, you know, just like what you've built here. Yeah. Um, first of all, I've made a ton of new friends and it's kind of corny, but I think, I always say one of the best parts of Psychedelic Club is all the new friendships we've made. And it's like our big, biggest accomplishment. Dude, we don't talk about friendship. On we don't. <laughs> That's, I mean. It's not real. We talk, we talk about real stuff here. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's not corny. It's 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 the truth. Friends, community, man. Mm-hmm. Connections. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think that's how we've strengthened our friendship. And um, there's several, you know, it's basically, you know, how I know Travis and everyone is through different psychedelic meetings and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, I've been, I've heard it from other people. It's like, man, I've, especially people who are new to Denver, you know, people come here looking for a new life. Um, and they just come to psychedelic meeting and you're like, you've got instantly like 20 new friends. Yeah. That's why you're sitting here right now. Exactly. I mean, when I, when I first came to town, I was like, all right, I got to find all the psychedelic stuff going on in Denver and yeah Psychedelic Club was probably one of the first places I went to yeah. turns out we have a meeting every Monday Woo-hoo. every Monday yeah it's a great spot yeah sometimes it gets a little too hot but it's okay <laughs> you know you just... builds character yeah it does yeah <laughs> it's like a sweat lounge I was in an Uber today and the woman in the Uber had the heat on and she was wearing a t-shirt but everyone else that got in it was like an Uber Ooh. pool everyone else that got in were all in jackets and stuff it's like first world winter problems first world yeah first this these are the important issues of the day guys we need to get to the bottom of why this woman wasn't wearing a jacket crazy four stars with the heat off yeah it was hot it was hot in there it was hot four stars yeah <laughs> i don't even think i star rated her yet but you but the cool thing about psychedelic club is that it's not just here in denver oh no it's it's expanded i mean i I've seen psychedelic clubs popping up all over. I know there's one at college. Which college? I forget. Uh, CU, CU Boulder, Boulder and CSU and uh, Colorado Springs. Okay, cool. So yeah, three different colleges. I and there's yeah, a lot of activity yeah. happening at the at the college level too. Like oh, totally. there's so much cool stuff now. I mean, when I was in college, that wasn't going on. Yeah. Um. I mean, um. So the Boulder chapter was the founding chapter. Actually, they just hosted uh, Saren Ryan of the Zendo Project. So that was an awesome meeting. Um, yeah, we, we've got that Colorado privilege that Zendo is just right there in Boulder. Um, we've have, we have about 13 chapters. Um, we're, we have a big plans for 2020. Um, we're probably going to double or triple in size in 2020. So awesome, man. Stay tuned. Yeah. 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 I, and a lot of people that listen to the show, they're, they're always like messaging about, where to get DMT? And no, they're always, <laughs> oh, mes- but they Facebook are. Page, stop yeah. messaging me where to get DMT. Yeah, stop messaging the Facebook, the Psychedelic Club Facebook pages too. Come on. Now. Yeah, we got to go encrypted, guys. And yeah. the other thing is, <laughs> signal it. Come on now. DMT will find you when yeah. you're ready. Um, but, but yeah, there's a lot of people ask like, oh, well, I, you know, where can I find out more about this, the the psychedelics that are going on? Where can I like meet other people that think like me? you know, talk like me, like are interested in the same kinds of stuff that I'm interested in. Like, where can I find, find the others, you know? And so I think psychedelic club is a, is an awesome thing to like franchise out and start all these little clubs everywhere and yeah, join a club or start a club yourself. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a very decentralized organization. Um, it's just Clayton and I right now at the national level with the, uh, strong advice of, uh, Joe Moore, 
Um, but they're, you know, so different, especially between the college chapters and the community chapters. Um, I'm 27 years old, and I'm usually one of the youngest people at the Denver chapter meeting. And when I go to the Boulder chapter, I am one of the oldest people. <laughs> um, so, I um, mean, I'm sure the Pittsburgh chapters look a lot Pittsburgh chapter meeting looks a lot different than Denver chapter, and I'm sure that the uh, CSU meeting looks a lot, a lot different than the um, CU Boulder meeting. Um, so that's the great part. And, you know, it's all up to the leaders, too. We just ask you hold, like, w- at least one meeting a week. I mean, the Denver chapter um, are all-stars, and they host, like, five or six meetings a week. Um, and so, you know, like I said, it's very up to the leaders um, how involved, you know, how involved they want to be and everything. So it's a, you know, it's, I think it's just a great organization. Uh, we specifically do not directly work on uh, political campaigns. You know, we can, you know, first of all, we are a 501c3 charity, so we legally can't get involved. Um, we can endorse initiatives, like we endorsed um, Decriminalize Denver, but we can't spend any money on it. So, you know, Psychedelic Club did not print any, you know, things or anything. Um, but, and from a philosophical philosophical point of view, this is not, you know, really the space to talk about. There are plenty of other places, you know, to organize politically. And we totally support that. But this is for education and community. Um, so, you know, that's where we're at. And uh, there's a lot of other great groups. If you want to be, you know, politically involved, go to Decriminalize Nature, go to the Drug Policy Alliance, you know, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. They're all amazing organizations. Right. And they're a little more politically active than us. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about Psychedelic Club is, is exactly what I was saying before. It's just like it, it attracts anyone and everyone who heard anything about psychedelics and they're just and you know the kind of variety that you guys have of meetings and stuff they can just come anyone's welcome and you know they're it's yeah it's it's all everything every meeting has like a point to it some kind of thing that's going to be shared and learned yeah um and the uh, you know there's the membership is very general we say if you come to one psychedelic club meeting you're a member for life um and we try to keep all our you know meetings and events as um, most of our meetings are free and we try to keep all our events, uh, free too. And, um, there's all different levels of psychedelic use. Some people have never even tried psychedelics and they come to meetings and they're more right. Like, yeah. And then some people, you know, are dead old deadheads and have done mushrooms every weekend for the past 30 years or whatever. <laughs> and so that's kind of cool too. It's, you know, you get to see just different people are different level of their journey and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you guys have uh sort of like a framework or something and, then each chapter can just kind of run the meetings how they want and whatever topics they want and whatever ideas that they have, but they have to kind of follow like a certain set of guidelines. Is that how it works? Yeah, kind of. I mean, um, it's all up to the chapter leaders. We do have, you know, plenty of meeting recommendations, um, like the book of the month, like you did. Um, that's been a huge success um, for people that are unfamiliar. It's just basically someone presents the book instead of being like in high school uh, where everyone pretends they read the book, but no one actually did. Um, so it's really cool because then you can show up to the meeting without reading the book and you can ask the person who read the book questions and stuff. Um, so um, a bunch of our chapters have adopted that. Um, a big thing we do with meetings is we encourage leaders to have time for discussion. Um, so if you watch like an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia on peyote, you know, we ask the group, you know, who's tried peyote, what's it like and stuff instead of just being like, okay, that was the episode. See you next week. Bye. You know, we try to integrate everything. We try to integrate the teachings. Um, and if we host, yeah. host a speaker, we always ask them, please leave 20 minutes for question and answer, you know, cause we just want that, 
you know, community vibe, you know, not, we're not here to lecture, we're here to discuss. Yeah, that's what I loved about the book talk that I did. It was so fun. I mean, I loved just because at first I was like, all right, I'm presenting this book. And then sort of like, uh, you know, maybe halfway through, I was like, because a lot of people were asking questions. I'm like, let's just fucking talk about this. Like, and it was great. Like everybody was talking, everybody was chiming in. And we had like a really robust discussion, probably 20 people or something like that. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was really fun, and and then and then after that, like people hang out afterwards and like great, yeah. go talk about more stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Google, Pete, that's what the real discussion is: is pizza and beer after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But this is this is the this is the way things get spread, you know, and and like yeah, you're doing it, and but by bringing people together, getting people interested, educating people, and then creating a space where people can communicate with each other, you know, I mean, what what else is there? Is there is there more? Um, I don't know. You pretty much covered it. Um, oh, being generally being nice, <laughs> generally and friendly. being nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen to people, man. So many people just have so much agenda, and they have so much, you know, um, predisp- you know, just judgments about people. And a lot of people kind of use the positivity and psychedelicness to kind of cover it. And you know, if you, I feel like there are a lot of judgmental people in psychedelic circles, and they think just because they're positive and you know whatever. They're, they can kind of get away with it, but, you know, be true, be, you know, treat everyone like it's God and drag, but in a real honest way. Don't be this fake, um, my good friend and partner in crime at Psychedelic Club, uh, Clayton said, um, I'm going to paraphrase, and he said, you know, life is not just a bunch of positive, you know, rainbows and, you know, you're not just an enlightened being. That's some brave new world shit. Like, you know, there is negativity to the world. There is suffering. You got to realize it and embrace it so you know i think you know that's kind of a message for psychedelic communities focus on being more real instead of being positive i would say because then when you be real the positivity positivity is like a side effect totally man i couldn't agree with you more and it's like be real okay what does that mean it's like some abstract like oh well this is what real is real is like these types of people they, they seem to be being real so then i'll be that but no what it means what being real means is like being really you yeah and being really authentic and being genuine and being open and also being vulnerable you know too because every like everybody has their issues everybody yeah. has their problems and you know you're sharing yours i share mine on this show like it's the only way that we can tear down borders and boundaries and walls and fears, you know, is that when we when we show up in that way. And like you said, that with Ramdas, treat everyone like God and drag. I mean, we are all we are all the same, you know. Yeah. And another great thing that Ramdas talked about too is like some people get so attached to this anti-materialism, anti-capitalism stuff. Um, and he talked about it himself. You know, he said to himself, "I could never live in cities. I could, you know." It's too crazy, you know, there's too much pollution, yada, yada. Then he realized he was attached to this lifestyle of being a hippie. And that's the same thing as being attached to materialism. Right. You're just boxing yourself into an identity. Yeah. Yeah. Creating a story. And um, I've, you know, with my new knee and everything, I've, I've gone hiking and stuff. And I think, you know, nature is beautiful and the mountains are beautiful. And I'm so glad to be back in Colorado. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure that's a material object. <laughs> People think, you know, nature is like this not material thing. But no, it is. Like if you're attached to nature, you're still kind of attached to something of this world. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I'm reading uh, two books right now by Charles Eisenstein, who I had on the show, fantastic just mind-blowing author and he talks about this he's like the material world 
like it, this is the world of matter, mm-hmm. you know, and there's these people that want to escape the material world and all of its, you know, uh, pain and joy and ple- like they want to just get to this tranquil place on top of a hill somewhere away from it all, transcend the body, leave this meat, you know, prison, you know, that we're in. But, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, Charles Eisenstein says, he's like, what about, what you know, we're always reaching for high vibrations and transcending. What about low mm-hmm. vibrations? What about the earth? What about the soil? What about the rocks? Like, Strength, courage, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so worried about this, uh, the seventh chakra on top of your head, this spiritual enlightenment. And uh, again, the great Ram Dass talks about this dualism. We've got to live as if we are God, but we're also human because we are human. You know, we are here. We're not just here to sit around and kind of, you know, pray like the Buddha. He already did that. You know, we're, right. we're here to, we're here to do shit. We're here to make the world beautiful. We're here to make art. We're here to make music. We're here to uh, stomp fascists. You know, we're here to <laughs> walk dogs. <laughs> yeah. To um, walk yeah. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Professionally for a while. Oh, nice. Professional dog walker in New York City. Oh, nice. Madison Square Park was my office. Was it like a Uber app kind of, or? Uh, my friend's company, okay. Gary Veter. Shout out to Gary Veter. He's a good comedian in, uh, in New York and he had a company and so yeah we walk, I'd walk dogs it was, uh, it was a cool job man it was really cool those dogs were so excited to go for walks um, but yeah like that's you're totally right like we're we're in this fucking game you know like like games why do we like games like why do we like stories play. Yeah. they're fun they're, they have rules they have limitations you have to strategize and figure out how to get around them like I really believe that that is that's the purpose of all this is like to <laughs> go forth into it all you know and i mean if your life is perfect it'd be pretty fucking boring that's yeah totally (laughs) totally yeah so i mean that's kind of in my understanding in my uh wikipedia expert knowledge that's kind of (laughs) like that's all that's allowed here (laughs) um yeah my youtube scholar um that's kind of basically the principle of hinduism um and again, I could be wrong. Like I said, YouTube scholar, but um, basically, like with my situation, God and drag, God wanted to experience life uh, with localized giganticism, and yeah, cool. It's like kind of um, like playing a video game on hard. Yeah. If you just played it on easy, you're just gonna kill all the bad guys, and woohoo, you beat it in an hour. Fuck that. Let's try this on hard. Let's let's you know. Okay, now I actually gotta do. You know, I gotta think about this. Same with life, man. You know. If, that's what you know again i don't know if i 100 percent believe this but it kind of makes sense sometimes you know if your life was just easy peasy go on through it'd be boring as shit and um we got to experience some hardships to really you know get the lows we got to to have the highs we got to get the lows well yeah i mean i think we're, we're in the realm of form we're in the realm of sensory experience you know so it seems like that's what might as well test out all our senses. <laughs> might as well test them all out. And might as well try and, I think, marry the balance between the two. Totally. You know? I mean, I think that's 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 like the next level of the challenge. Yeah. It's like, okay, once you've made it through these levels, now it's it just keeps leveling up. And I think, I was talking about this the other day, I was like, I think that it's like what we ask will come to us, too, in a way that, like, but in a way that we never expected. You know? Yeah. So if it's like, I want to accomplish this in my life okay cool here's some fucking challenges to get you like warriored up to, to yeah. be ready to receive that yeah i mean i go on long hikes kind of to challenge myself not just physically but mentally i think that's one thing people outside of colorado um don't realize about hiking is um 
it's not you know so much about the, the physical stuff it's more about it gives you mental clarity the attractive physiques is just a side effect <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like my buff calves are just a side effect yeah i wasn't even thinking about getting buff calves i was just wanting to go in the mountains to get mental peace <laughs> i mean it's great i went for a hike a couple weeks ago and uh it was actually the first time that i've been out for a hike in like uh, a little while and i'm just like oh my god it's like it's so fucking like energizing yeah. and nourishing and puts things into perspective and makes you reflect and gives you gratitude and peace and gr sense of groundedness to the earth, to those lower vibrational frequencies that we seem to be so afraid of. You know? Yeah. It's really hard to be nervous and upset and angry when you're on a hike. Cause yeah. sometimes the hike gets hard and that's, you, got, you don't got time to be angry. You don't got time. Unless to you're on a hike with a fascist. Yeah. Or something like I gotta <laughs> push you or something. I push just, you off this cliff. Just shut up until we get to the top of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> eat this rock or something i don't know um but yeah no i, I it's uh, it's cool how hiking is uh, for mental clarity yeah yeah so dude one of the things that i that i like the, the birth of this show came from like my like wanting to be like okay i was fully in a libertarian camp and i'm like all right i'm i i and now i experience psychedelics i'm like whoa there's a there's a connection here there's a connection between liberty and and the psychedelic space and consciousness and freedom and liberation like i that that was the initial my initial spark and you're that you're that kind of guy too like what was it for you because you were you started watching those ron paul videos you got involved in libertarianism then was it activism after that like how did that and then when did the psychedelics kind of come into play um the first time i was i was around lsd was at a certain organization's national conference um, I'm saving it to whenever I get to the national conference to announce it to them that this was it. Um, so it was actually in libertarian circles that I think I was the first introduced to LSD. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's freedom, baby. Um, you know, from the perspective of libertarians, I think a lot of things, a lot of different ideologies hold this <laughs> view is, um, you know, they're fighting for freedom. Um, but I think that's what it is. Like, you know, psychedelics kind of free your conscience and you can decide how to live your life the best, not some authority figure. Um, and this just goes hand in hand with both. So, yeah. And like psychedelic club says it's based on cognitive liberty. And yeah. that's a phrase that I use a lot all the time, you know, cognitive liberty. It's, you know, aside from all of the political camps and ideologies and all that bullshit, the pure essence of the thing is nobody should have the right to tell me what I can and cannot put in my body, what I can and cannot do, how I can and cannot alter my consciousness, my body, my soul, my choice. You know, if Absolutely. I'm not causing harm to anyone else, then I'm fine. Right. Yeah, so, totally. I mean, that's who is going to disagree with that? Who does disagree with that? What do Jeff you? Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, outside that, but like in life, I mean, do you ever hear people that that oppose that kind of thing? Like, do you interact? Like, well, when you say it, they show up know. at meetings and they're like, "Fuck this! I'm for psychedelics, but I'm for socialist, uh, communist psychedelics." <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's people of all different ideologies. So there's definitely communists and socialists, but I think in the in, in the authoritarian manner. Not too many authoritarians are involved with the psychedelics. Cause, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of just breaks the mold and everything. And uh, I, I've noticed a lot of people who are on the left kind of are like left anarchists. Um, it, you know, um, and uh, a lot of people who are on the right, you know, you, you know, not libertarian, but conservative. Um, 
and it's important to make that distinction. We've got to really, you know, we've done a poor job of separating ourselves from the right. Um, but a lot of people who are conservative kind of, um, you know, are very anti-authoritarian, um, you know, and still supports Trump somehow. But, you know, I think there's just a large anti-authoritarian streak to psychedelics. And especially since um, not only the substances themselves, but the government has demonized them so much. And like, once you take, you're like, oh, shit, I've been lied to again. Like, you know, you smoke weed for the first time. You're like, wait a second, this isn't so bad. Like, you know, maybe they're lying about other shit. Then you take some mushrooms. You're like, God damn it, they were lying about this, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really, the only way you can find out is try it. Yeah. Like, um, so, direct yeah. Direct experience. I, you know, not the substances themselves kind of make you give you this, like, anti-authoritarian fire in you. And the fact that they, the authoritarians have lied to us for so long and so harshly, like, oh, if you take LSD, you melt your brain. Yeah, right. It'll probably regenerate brain cells. Yeah, Again, yeah. Citation needed. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, there, it's it's just the the veil of lies, you know. And, yeah, and then psychedelics can liberate you in that way because, you know, you're going, okay, like, like we are nature. We're, we're, we are a part of nature. Nature doesn't like run on mandated force it runs on flow it runs on creation destruction chaos order it's it's this you know ocean wave could be like really beautiful and but then there's a tsunami that comes right so that's that's the way that nature operates we're no different we're we're spontaneous right so this idea of authority and forcing people to do things i mean it's totally uh, not the way of how human beings want to naturally live. Yeah, and I think the anti, anti like anti war, really comes into it because you know, n- not many people can eat a bag of mushrooms and go shoot someone. Right. For the oil companies, so I think that plays a huge part too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What do you think about like? I mean, there's so much going on and you guys are always posting like news articles and stuff. I mean, that's kind of one of my primary sources of how I find out about what's going on in the world of psychedelics, right? Psychedelic clubs always posting like FDA just granted breakthrough therapy for psilocybin for major depression, right? Like these are huge wins Mm -hmm. and MAPS is doing like really good things and there's a lot of other uh, companies, but there's also this idea of like, and you know, something that I've been thinking about and I know a lot of other people have been thinking about, I think some some of the guys over at uh, Symposia, uh, have brought this up too, is this idea of like psychedelics just becoming another commodified good or service within the structure of this like crazy power, powerful empire in which we're we're existing in. You know this. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, totally. it's just going to be a, 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 a consumed and and made. Crony capitalism. Yeah. yeah it's going to get cronyified. Yeah. And there's, um, I think what America is experiencing right now is like a fusion between the worst parts of socialism and the worst parts of capitalism. We have these greedy motherfuckers who are in control of the, control of the government. Um, and I think, you know, this, I don't even know what fusionism, I don't know what to call it, whatever America is. Um, and I think crony capitalism can definitely take advantage of psychedelics. And then we, we really got to watch out for that. And that's, um, you know, me personally, I just want to, and, you know, bring it all down, decriminalize and legalize everything, bring down the total drug war. And I think that's the best way to fight it. You know, if, um, make the licensing easier, you know, I think, you know, people should, you know, should be able to sell psychedelics, very deregulated. You know, there should be some local regulations and stuff, um, you know, as far as like dosing and pesticides and whatever, but it can't be like, you know, how cannabis, how it's so 
fucking hard to get a license. Like, you need a whole compliance team and shit just to open up a single dispensary in Colorado, and that's ridiculous. I think the way to fight, because only rich people can afford that. You know, I think kind of what the left struggles with is, you know, when you have all these regulations and stuff, you need a compliance team to do all you need lawyers and stuff and who can afford that rich people um you know again so you kind of got to find the balance between regulation and overregulation because if you overregulate then only you know only rich people can afford the half a million dollar startup fees or whatever so i think the best way to combat that is to you know really decriminalize it and you know legalize it but make the application process easy and stuff you know you know reduce the fees i mean it's ridiculous that it costs so much and yet we get taxed on cannabis so much why don't you use the, the tax for that shit for the application fees so it's easier for um, people who are in you know a less economic situation than these crony capitalists and cannabis to open up a dispensary but that's yeah. not how the government thinks no no they want to they want to figure out a way that they can keep the people at bay from tearing down the whole fucking system and also yeah. you know so giving them a little bit of what they want and getting still something that they want right which yeah. is like you know 30 dollars on taxes if you're buying recreational from a dispensary so it's like and then the other thing is the great point that you brought up is that yeah it excludes a lot of people you yeah. know so we do see a lot of people in the psychedelic community in the spiritual community in the consciousness community whatever you want to call it like you know oh yeah like come to my retreat you know thousand dollars or you know buy my special crystals and yeah. all, you know, all whatever all these things are it seems to be more geared towards people that can afford that kind of stuff when really a lot of people that are suffering and in bad positions in life and maybe need a lot of healing and how do it you know it's like we need to give access to them too like yeah you know so but on the flip side too um i think there's some form of i don't want to say commercialism but you know you know businesses can make this medicine super cheap and it's super available i mean look at the price of cannabis in colorado in oregon it's like 500 dollars a pound in oregon people are getting their medicine cheaper yeah, you, yeah. we will soon be able to get weed delivered in colorado hell nice. yeah so i think there is you know there's two sides of the coin yes can cronies capitalist apps take it over but also there are some business people who can make psilocybin more available for us they can make the gun you know dosed right and everything with their fancy machines and um you know big warehouses and stuff produced, you know, again, for people who are less economically fortunate, you can get psychedelics cheaper than if we do have some sort of ethical capitalism, conscious capitalism. Mm, yeah. 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 I just feel like, I don't know. Like, do you think that's possible? Oh, I mean, conscious capitalism is way more attainable than conscious socialism or you know, communism. You know, I might get a little flack from my leftist friends from that, but whatever, you know, and, and, while I'm on this rant, um, the, the, some of the people on the left have been a little hypocritical because they bitch about people you know, not paying taxes and shit. What does the United States government use those tax money for? Bombing brown people across the oceans. Like, I, ho I wish everyone would avoid taxes so we can defund this uh, nasty, nasty white supremacist organization known as the United States government. Like, you know... Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think, you know, people get so, oh, they didn't pay their taxes and stuff. Well, we need to really fix the tax problem because they're just going to use it for bad things. Like, I don't want to be paying policeman's salary. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, <coughs> it's, it's, 
we've been so conditioned to just kind of believe that this is the only game in town. You know, it's like, well, you know, uh, I remember, I think it was uh, uh, Tom Woods, I think, that says this. Uh, and he says that, like, you know, it's always this three by five card of allowable opinion. It's either, you know, they're arguing Mitt Romney and Hillary Clinton are arguing about 10% taxes or 30% taxes. But Ron Paul, in the kind of libertarian perspective, is arguing about the entire concept itself, right? Yeah. So this entire concept of like capitalism, socialism, like crony capital, like the whole thing, the whole thing revolves around a massive elephant in the room, which is force, yeah. coercion, greed, corruption, you know, and that sets the tone for the whole fucking thing, right? Yeah. But when you have people coming together and they're not being forced to do shit, but they just want to voluntarily do shit. I mean, we're all in situations like that all the time. People do things out of the goodness of their heart. They give gifts, like you gave me that wonderful plant. Thank you there so you much so for giving vibe, me that. Yeah. The the nature of giving gifts and voluntarily you know, contributing and pa getting passionately involved, I mean, that's a part of the equation too, you know? So there's, yeah. I think there's a whole world that can come of psychedelics being decriminalized and embracing this this idea of sort of um, you know total freedom. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to see? Like, what would be, what would be like a cool vision as a as a world changer? You know, and like ten years from now, like where are we living? What does it look like? We're shutting down prisons, baby, public and private. Another thing that the left struggles with is you know private prisons. Public prisons are just as bad. They just abuse human rights just as much. We need to start shutting down public prisons and pri private private prisons um i think that's really the, the huge part we do kind of get caught up in the whole decriminalization legalization of psychedelics and i think that's extremely important but we cannot 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 forget the people who are locked up there are people in colorado right now um that are locked up for so long for selling less weed than i do in a day and that's that's terrible um so we cannot forget the people who have suffered during the drug war um so i think just and just ending this monstrosity known as the drug war um is, yeah. is my thing and you know and of course the side effects are going to be mushroom shops and stuff and that's going to be really cool um <laughs> yeah and and more like spaces and places to yeah. do that kind of stuff you know like i was out with someone the other night and we're like oh you know we're at this bar and it's like okay it's just drinks like yeah. more places to go where we can we could smoke cannabis. We could eat mushrooms. Like the place is designed, you know, like uh, some of these organizations like Meow Wolf and stuff. You know, they have places that are kind of like designed with like psychedelically in infused art and stuff like that. So having that option too, you're going to have less bar fights. You're going to have less violence, drunk driving, you know, that kind of stuff. Just people coming together in different ways. It's going to be cool going to like a dead show or something. There's just mushrooms available at like, you know the concession stand or something um, <laughs> yeah i think a cool thing you know i, wor I work in a dispensary and uh, there's a new products every day and i think that's gonna be awesome for psychedelics is like just all the new things we're gonna learn all the different strains of mushrooms and stuff and all the different products you know gummies and stuff um i recently heard someone in denver has mushroom gummies i don't know who but uh, i heard their thing and um so i'm excited for that you know maybe some transdermal patches or something with lsd or whatever um i'm, I'm excited to get properly dosed and clean stuff i'm i'm excited right yeah yeah That's so great. important yeah because that that this is a major thing too you know you talk about ending this ending the drug drug war right i mean yeah. one of the biggest benefits of ending the drug war is that we're gonna you know where your stuff's coming from i mean the dark web was great for that when like silk road was operating mm -hmm. that stuff ratings and reviews you know who's legitimate what do they have like it's 
you can't stop the the flow of people when they want something yeah, you know and that's that's been proven here and people tend to kind of come together to make sure that they're getting good things so so i'm i'm you know sort of like an anarchist you know i i so i sort of think that like i i just kind of believe in local you know like i think that like local rule is way better than far like you know totally. it's this this the 525 people that's you know sit in their chairs in washington mm-hmm. dc and the whole fucking apparatus outside dc the the fucking beltway beast of think tanks and yeah. uh contractors and stuff alphabet agencies that's fucking crazy man you know like we don't need that uh so yeah are you i mean like are you a kind of person that thinks that like do we need government is what kind of form of government do we need or is it just like get get rid of the whole thing um i like to say you know globalize the economy localize the government um but uh you know i i don't see the thing is it'd be such a mystery what would happen if we just abolished everything right away i think i you know i sometimes do consider myself an anarchist i would definitely prefer if um a lot of services are provided by non-governmental um, agencies just because you know private nonprofits spend money so much more but I realized that's kind of not the world we live in right now um, so in Joey's perfect world yes everything would transition over to um, you know private you know private sectors and everything but uh, you know a lot of libertarians are so they for some reason really really hate the welfare state and I get it it's totally bloated and spending a lot of money but at the same time some people need that support and um, you know, it's not just oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, I hate that shit. <laughs> like, okay, yes. boomer. Yeah, okay, boomer. <laughs> you know, some people are in a shitty, shitty position that's not their fault, and they work hard every fucking day. And some people do need support. Yeah, the um, beast is too big. You know, this this yeah. machine matrix monster mm. is just too big and strong and powerful, and you can't just rip the bandaid off. You know, people are going to be hurt by that. So exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think budget. I think one of the things that psychedelics can provide for you hopefully yeah. is uh, an expanding of your heart yeah you know um one funny story is uh i had surgery at mayo clinic which is um one of the you know world's best hospitals yeah and uh when i was so i actually had two surgeries i had once you know the major surgery then i had to go back under to clean up things we'll say that it was like a 30 minute surgery but uh when i was coming out of it um if you're familiar with surgery you're a little loopy let's say yeah yeah um put you under and i was (laughs) just i was being goofy um in the recovery room whatever and the nurse is pushing me and i was talking to her something i can't remember what started this conversation everything's like i was like fading in and out (laughs) like i was i think the kids call it browning out this is you know again this i just got out of surgery Mm um and I'm talking to the I don't even I never even saw her face I don't know what she looks like I just remember her voice and we were talking about my surgeries and um, because they kind of trying to try to talk to you like hey you doing okay and everything yeah and I remember she's talking to me I'm like making like like goofy noises or something then she's pushing me and she we're talking about my surgeries and stuff and I say you know the mental pain is worse than the physical pain and that's why 
me and my friends in Denver decriminalized mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't say a word after that. I was like, <laughs> what? Why did you th- Why did you respond to that? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if like maybe now she's like on her oh, computer, yeah. like where do I get mushrooms from? Someone said something to me. It means something. I got to take, like you never know who's going to get interested. I mean, it's a now. pretty serious situation. Like this person is just recovering from a major physical endearment and he tells you the mental pain is worse than the physical pain and mushrooms help it so i think i think she's going to remember that comment for a while <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah i mean that's that's one of the best testimonials you can give for mushrooms yeah so what so what kind of what kind of mental pain oh golly gee well i <laughs> <laughs> gee willikers batman um well you know being a kid i had surgeries during summer and winter and stuff and i couldn't participate in sports and that sucked you know being a kid you just want to go play outside and play sports that really sucked um and i kind of felt like you know i was just an outsider kind of because i got this medical problem i thought that i'm not sure but you know i thought you know maybe girls i liked didn't like me because of my knee and stuff and that's not confirmed but that's you know just what i thought and i think that's kind of you know kind of made me a little bit of a social outcast um but uh so there was that, just the social things. I mean, the physical pain, you know, um, like, you know, the, the balance, like I said before, I wish, yeah, I don't wish you the, uh, you know, the knee replacement, but I wish you the grace. At the same time, it really fucking hurt. <laughs> like, the physical pain, man, holy shit. And I've, um, you know, I've been really taking it easy. And I don't, I don't really, in the, the recent months, haven't done any, you know, psychedelics or anything. I've been trying to get back to baseline just because I felt like I was in this different state of mind all summer, just not only from um, the the drugs I was on to help alleviate my situation, but just the constant, you know, being in pain and not being able to sleep and stuff just has you in this mindset like you're just in the trenches, you know, and some kind of, you know, trying to get back to baseline. Yeah, I'm, just kind of hanging on. I'm still on. working at it. Yeah, I'm still trying to get back into the normal flow of things and it is a traumatic experience um you know i think i i haven't been diagnosed or anything but i think i do have some sort of post-traumatic you know stress from it and um i have you know if i go into hospitals there's some smells that will trigger it um i get a little nervous you know things like that sometimes i don't want to believe the doctors or something even though they have no reason to lie to me or anything um but yeah so i i think just you know from social exclusion and just straight up physical pain and pain hurts <laughs> what i mean so i'm i'm I, i'm pretty uh, like certain psychedelics have helped you know cannabis has helped you know play yeah. a part in your healing process not only just directly by the substances themselves but also the community that comes along with it and you know the other people is, is there anything else that you do like to try and kind of like you know get through this or you know stay kind of mentally tough through challenging situations that could make a lot of people fold you know i mean there's people i know in my life that don't have it as uh, as bad as you're describing and they they're you know they're they're down and out you know yeah. they think they're at the end of their wits and it's over for them um well first of all i would say synthetic drugs really helped <laughs> opioids helped um and i i'm obviously involved in psychedelic club Natural medicines are great, but so are synthetic medicines, man. I couldn't sleep without without Oxycontin, so thank you, Oxycontin. Like, yeah, I was yeah. in such extreme pain. I've had skin graft people, like, 
come at me like i can consume more i'll consume hundreds and hundreds of milligrams of cbd and get stoned as ever and try whatever it doesn't work like right. i've tried everything and it just you know i think that's some problem with the psychedelic community we're all oh there's a natural cure for it no way opioids worked for me and yeah. did they produce some bad side effects like constipation or something yes absolutely and i got headaches guess what i, I there was sometimes i was in tears because i was in so much pain and just taking an oxy helped me sleep for four hours and that was more than worth the side effects right. and no i didn't get ticked i've been i haven't you know i took pain you know opioids for two months straight and i just stopped and i haven't searched for them or anything yeah this kind of relates back to this kind of elitism right like this psychedelic is like elitism, yeah, yeah psychedelic elitism and but also elitism in general like when you're talking about hiking in the mountains and stuff mm-hmm. it's like um like there's like uh there's a level of of like this is material you know, the material stuff you know right mm-hmm. like material elitism you know yeah uh so yeah, it's and it, so yeah. I smoked opium in Laos it was once. It was awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah! It was. Uh, I walked into this bar and there was just like a menu and it was like opium, weed, mushroom shakes, LSD, like any like anything you could want. You just like order it. And there's, Hell yeah! It was one of the coolest places I ever been to. If you're in Southeast Asia or thinking about going, go to Vang Vien, Laos. Okay, I'm <laughs> Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is so. Yeah, I mean these things are or helpful, whatever tools that we can get to help us, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's all, psychedelics are exceptional, but so are other substances. Um, I think they all play a part, and they all have risk and rewards. And I think there's, um, synthetic drugs have a lot, of, have a place in our society, especially opioids. Um, I mean, and actually Ramdas um, talks about this a little bit with uh, hospice work. Um, sometimes they won't give you opioids cause, in hospice because they're afraid of you getting addicted. A terminally ill patient is going to get addicted? Oh, no. <laughs> like, And that's, this is, you know, Ramdas talking about it. He's like, who cares if they get ado- you know, addicted yeah. to opioids? That that will bring them peace. Like, you know, sometimes opioids help people live. And I think that's one part of, you know, the, uh, the prohibition crisis right now we're seeing is people are overreacting to it. You know, they're not legalizing any of the drugs. They're prohibiting it. And so now people who need these drugs are not getting the drugs it's harder to get and i've actually kind of noticed within my surgery like i was in a lot of pain and they would not give me stronger you know and they gave me stronger stuff in the past and i think it's again i have not confirmed this or anything but um the opioid crisis and the government's response are restricting people who actually need it and so yeah more bullshit from the drug war yeah i mean yeah it's like and they and they created the problem Mm mm-hmm you know, yeah, I it's mean, it's a prohibition crisis. This is all a side effect of prohibition. You know, if we just decriminalize and legalize, we would know what's in our stuff and we would be able to test it and people wouldn't, you know, have to hide away to do it. Just like alcohol now, if you have a problem, you can talk about it for the most part and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're doing with Psychedelic Club is just like so huge too, because, you know, I go to a lot of shows and, you know, I'm in like, I'll be around a lot of people that are, you know, in the psych in like on psychedelics, I would say. But then there's like, you know, I think sometimes when I think like the psychedelic community, I think more kind of like education based, mm-hmm. like learning kind of discussion opportunity. Cause there's a lot of people that don't know about it. Yeah. You know, they're just like, Oh yeah, I just eat a bag of shrooms and I go to a show no, and I just like, you know, have fun. And it's like, cool. Yeah. It that's cool fun. too. I mean, that's fucking, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like I, doing that. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, but there's also another component to it too. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, like a world changing field. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think integration is so important, and um, you know, for, well, first and foremost, you know, Psychedelic Club is like we're community organizers. We're here to introduce you all this stuff to you. Um, in the Psychedelic Club space, you know, we're not shamans. We're not mental. You know. A therapist or anything we're here to introduce you to all those these different uh type of people um but yeah you know harm reduction and accepting the way you know people want to do psychedelics and stuff is very important we're very inclusive um and we like to say too you know we're very inclusive about all substance users not only because tolerance is cool and um but you know someone might be addicted to something or something and they're trying to use for psychedelics for relief and if we're dickheads towards them you know they're going to turn away and so we try to you know tolerance above all in psychedelic club yeah yeah i, I think the the place for being dickheads is not like if if we can't even it's, refrain politics yeah yeah but we we it's like if 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 we look at all of the people in society and we're like oh man there's so many dickheads and assholes it's like yeah. well the one chance for people to kind of not be dickheads and assholes at least the people in the psychedelic space right but yeah. you still see some of that so like what's the solution like f more heroic doses <laughs> no i mean it's just being a you know true to yourself um and like i said honesty radical honesty don't use positivity as a cover for being shitty man i'm getting really sick of it it's yeah fuck this shit i'll take a real person over a a fake positive person any day mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i think that's the big part is kind of just seeing through fake people um and same with libertarianism people like to use libertarianism as a as a, as a cover for white nationalism and that's not acceptable um if you're a shitty person you're using psychedelics as your cover that is not acceptable yeah. I'm going to find you and call your bullshit out. <laughs> I've already done it for a few people. You know who you are and you're not welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I heard about, yeah, some stuff. And, you know, anytime I see things like I've, you know, I've had other people on the show where we've talked about sort of like psychedelic community infighting and stuff. There was some stuff that happened with the, this guy, Paul Austin of the third wave. And there was, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to single him out. I just remember having that conversation on the show. Um, but but yeah, and, it, and I always look at like the, the comments or something on, on Facebook if there's something like that going down. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, we're supposed to be leading with like compassion yeah. and love and truth and honesty, you know, and... Oh, just look at when the Psychedelic Club posts about AOC. I mean, we talked about it before. I'm, you know, my political beliefs are closely aligned with, you know, American libertarianism. As much as I kind of disdain the community at, at the moment. Um, but as soon as we post about AOC, man, everyone freaks the fuck out, which is totally. And they just ad hominem attack her. You know, oh, you know, they, I don't even want to repeat what they say. And I think, you know, I don't have, you know, obviously I agree with her on drug legalization and stuff. But, she, you know, when she... Um, talked about decriminalizing all drugs and we posted it to the page and people freaked out like called her terrible names and stuff and it's just like you know what the what the fuck is wrong with you I think a large part of that is people just trying to get attention yeah. you know or just trying to vent or you know getting I don't know I, they I felt hate like... her more than they like love liberty I think mm. and they I've, I found that you know if you hate something more than you love your objective like what the fuck is the point you know so right um, yeah so 
you know, I think people hate AOC more than they love Liberty. So, yeah. what are you looking? What are you looking forward to the most for Psychedelic Club coming up? Um, uh, just all our new chapters, man. It's really cool to see all our new chapters pop up, um, and all the new friendships formed and stuff. Um, hopefully, we can start hosting conferences soon. Um, we're really, really focused on chapter support right now. Um, we're 100% volunteer runs. So if you do decide to donate, all your proceeds will go directly to support supporting the chapters. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we're just going to rapidly expand, man. Every time we post about it, we get new chapter applications. We're backed up. Um, and it's kind of a good problem to have. I have infinite emails to answer. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think 2020 is going to be the year of Psychedelic Club. Where I think right now, technically... We're one of the largest psychedelic, you know, psychedelic organizations. I mean, we have 13 chapters and on average 10 to 20 people show up to the meeting. So we have hundreds of people in our organizations. And I don't, is there any other psychedelic organization can, that can say that? Because a lot of them are independent. Yeah. So I would say, you know, you're proud to say in, in some way, there's always a way to dice up the numbers. But some way you look at it, Psychedelic Club is one of the largest uh, psychedelic organizations in the world. And I'm really, really proud to... Uh, be at the, at the helm of it with um uh with Clayton and Joe and all nice. the other leaders yeah yeah no that's really cool man uh yeah we just got a we just got a little dog visitor hey, all right Brooklyn. you can <laughs> Sorry, um, I actually came here to see Brooklyn the dog um, yeah well she's a nice the, dog yeah and yeah. uh we we bonded a lot during the decrim um campaign so I actually came over to see her this was just a I guess I have time for this podcast. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, what's the? You just uh, yeah. Thanks. Um, that's one of the things, actually. Yeah, being in this house, like being here, recording, and you know the whole movement. Like when I moved here, and I just kind of started to show up to more things, and that energy of like that that like we're working on a mission, and I feel like after the win, like people have kind of like kind of split off, and I haven't really seen like too much of. I mean, Psychedel Club, of course, you can go there, but it was like the the core like we're doing something and there's like a goal end point like so we need to we need to do that again like what can we do it was kind of like a united thing i mean you know for people that live outside of denver there's there's like five or six probably more psychedelic organizations in denver alone so we've kind of like you know kind of got you know a lot of us have gone our own way i want to say you know i mean a few of us get a psychedelic club a few of us went to spores a few of us don't do anything people are selling spores you know whatever but it was kind of cool like the decriminalized denver campaign like united the whole you know psychedelic community of denver and colorado which is really awesome to see yeah it was like i remember going to like uh you know veterans for natural rights meeting and then like a decrim thing and then like psychedelic club and then like uh psychedelica and you know it was just like all going on it was it was cool and i think that that's the kind of spirit and momentum that we need to make these changes that we're talking about like the horrible drug war the prisons like you know the the taxes like all this bullshit the the foreign wars the whole thing it's all tied together right i mean at the core of it what do we when we're having psychedelic experiences when we're we're learning about this stuff like what what the core message a lot of the times and you know I, i feel like i don't necessarily see this so much with like the science literature that always comes out it's like the love, yeah. like the the love that happens, mm-hmm. the bonds that are created. We are a loving awareness, as the great Ramdas would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, just more empathy and stuff. Uh, I think that's a great mantra for everyone to have. Uh, you know, I'm loving awareness. 
I'm this consciousness roaming around this world. And let's make it exciting, man. You know, going to work every day sucks. Not 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 telling people to eat more mushrooms is boring. <laughs> so, you know, I think... You Tell know, them every chance you get. Exactly. Going back to, you know, what's kind of the point in life is kind of have fun and fuck shit up. Um, and there's, you know, people, when people say, oh, the point of life to having fun, you know, should you go to an amusement park every day or, you know, <laughs> like no that's not you know like psychedelic, psychedelic club is fun for me yeah going to the coffee shop and writing you know answering emails and stuff it doesn't seem fun in the moment but it, you know after a long day or something i'm like oh, okay that was pretty cool so that's what i mean you know as the good dr timothy leary you got to shake things up you got to create new explosions in your brain man mm-hmm. you know if we just do the same thing every day we're gonna have the same results every day and i think you know whatever you're in you just gotta Try something different. Shake it up a bit. Yeah. That's good advice. Nice, man. What else? Anything else? Did we leave anything out? Anything uh, else going on? I don't know, man. The weather here kind of sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. It was shitty. We got dumped on, and then the sun came out today. I hope the sun just like melts the snow away. I want I want clean roads. I can't ride my yeah, scooter they, around. They don't, they don't plow here. You know? I want well, a microdose all, and scoot around town. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um I just I'm really looking forward to destroying the drug war. Yeah. Um and there's you know, I like to call Dundrid America's psychedelic city. It's pretty cool living here. Hell yeah. It's, it's pretty cool living here at the you know, at this time. Um any events coming up that you wanna plug or um oh man, I should have totally thought about this before. Um I would say well actually, you know, since the holidays are kinda come up, Psychedelic Club is you know, the chapters usually kinda take a a little bit of a break, but I think right, yeah. Desi is giving a book of the month presentation um, in December. Um, and I believe the Pittsburgh chapter is doing a book of the month too. So the, the, um, the college chapters are about to break for winter. So I know mm-hmm. the CSU chapter just had their last meeting on Sunday and the Boulder chapter is either, either having it today or next week. Um, I forget. And I, I don't know what the CSU or the Springs chapter is doing. Um, but no, we got the good cinema stuff. Um, hopefully we're going to bring the movie Dosed to other cities. Nice. Um, that's a great movie. Um, I don't think Fantastic Fun Guy is playing anymore. Um, but look at the, you know, social media. That's kind of the point of Psychedelic Club is kind of to be high visibility, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, build, be the bridge between the psychedelic community and the general community. Um, so... You know, look us up. You know, if you do type us into Google, I've tested it several times from incognito browsers. Um, if you type in Psychedelic Club, we, you know, we pop right up. Um, social media, you know, we try to post as much as possible. Instagram, hit those millennials um, and the you know, Gen Z or whatever, Gen X. I forget which one. Is younger than us. <laughs> Z. Whatever, yeah. whatever my brother's in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, be visible. Be proud. Fly your freak flag. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Be oh, you. Yeah. Let, your, let your inner inner beauty shine yeah and and move through that pain that resistance and and get yeah. mentally tough right like, it is like, hard but you know yeah. what 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 else is the point you know i i could have quit you know i could you know with my knee and everything i could have just sat down and you know gave up but what the hell's the point like that's no fun um going hiking is fun hell yeah, yeah man. <laughs> dude thanks joey totally. um what if we did a, a psychedelic story do you have a? Do you have any that comes uh, to mind that maybe you could share? I mean, we could even include it as like a bonus material if you don't want it to be into the masses. 
Now we can put it into the masses. We're um, putting it into the masses, folks. You hear that? He's a man of the fucking people. <laughs> oh, God. There are so many. The first time I took LSD, I didn't... And do not, I do not recommend doing this, but the first time I took LSD, I didn't tell anyone. It was a Friday night in Iowa City. And I... <laughs> I just I took like it was only like a tab or something and it, it was mild to what I've taken since then but uh I remember I played poker with my friends I just wandered around I ran into people um and so yeah my first LSD trip I yeah I took it by myself but I like you know hung out I was in college um and I'd hung out like a normal college student that was pretty funny and did anyone like guess like no. was anyone no one knew and you didn't tell anyone no, I mean, were you thinking at all like is anyone gonna ask does I mean, anyone know yeah Kind of. Um, I mean, but it, it was a Friday night in Iowa City, so people were wasted and stuff. And I've, <laughs> I used to take mushrooms and go down to the bars. And it's, I, if you know, I would kind of get you know a little anxious, like, oh man, people are gonna totally know I'm on mushrooms and shit. Um, but then I realized everyone's a drunk mess, <laughs> like, and so you know, you know, it, it was kind of a cover. So um, I think, uh, and I have a few people that confirm this. I used. To, that was kind of my my thing when I was in college is to take psychedelics and not tell anyone else on the psychedelics. Um, and I don't, re- I don't recommend doing that. Always integrate, always, you know, let people know when you're ingesting substances. Don't, yeah. don't, you know, I've, I've already tried it out. College and, days, folks. College days, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of stories of like, don't do that too. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're here to live to tell the tale. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got to experiment, I guess, to, tell, yeah. to say to everyone else, don't do that. <laughs> trust me. I mean, hey, trust me. Don't do that. Yeah, 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 right? For the first time, you probably shouldn't do it. I mean, I rode a motorcycle on LSD. Like, that's... Yeah. Do, don't do don't that. Don't do that. Do yeah, not do no, that. No. But it was awesome. Yeah. But don't do that. Yeah. But it was awesome. It was like the money falling <laughs> kind of like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, like a, it was like an automatic motor scooter so you know i I said motorcycle but i just wanted to sound cooler (laughs) i hope you guys can forgive me (laughs) um yeah cool man well awesome well thanks for being here in the in the newly revamped psychedelic studios yeah um appreciate it yeah so psychedelic club facebook instagram you guys are active go to the website and uh and all that good stuff and if you're in denver come out guys come out and uh and be a part of this thing yeah changing the world hell yeah thanks for listening everybody peace hey i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as i did if you did Go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel like writing something. Uh, that would be great. It helps the show a lot. helps us bump us up in the uh, Apple algorithm, get the podcast exposed to more people. So if you like the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to go a step further, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron, be a part of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group of people chatting and connecting all around the world. We're finding the others, bringing them together creating community one of my favorite things to offer i also release bonus episodes sometimes i do episodes that are kind of raw and kind of beta test them for the producers of the show which are my patrons the people who support the show big shout out to everybody that's a patron thank you for your love and support if you want to do a one-time donation go to my website mikebrank.com go to paypal and do a one-time donation if you feel that and uh, i really like the method of donation 
It's a, it's a gifting mentality. And reading Charles Eisenstein's books recently and his talks have really kind of made me embrace the spirit of the gift, of giving and gifting. And what better time than this holiday season to be generous and to give. And, you know, if you like the show, just tell, tell people about it, spread it, share it. Also, contact me. Go to my email uh, on my website, the contact page, mikebrank.com. Reach me on Instagram, mikeadelic underscore podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Send me your messages. Send me your thoughts. Send me guest suggestions, ideas. Share your story with me. Reach out. Give me feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? And uh, I love to hear from people. I always respond. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you're interested in CBD, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. You can go to hempbombs.com, get all kinds of CBD stuff. And um, I used to take their, their gummies. I think I'm going to start taking them again. I ran out, so I got to get some more. But uh, they're really good. And um, yeah, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, you want to give it a try, put in the code MIKE15 at checkout and get 15% off all of your CBD wants, desires, needs, and so forth. Big shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. And uh, of course, thanks to Muse, who uh, I mash up their song and put the Terrence McKenna clips and everything in without their permission, but somehow I'm still able to do it. So thanks, because I love that. And uh, what else? I don't know. Thank you so much to everybody for your love and support, for listening. And yeah, I really, uh, really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, really can't express how grateful I am that out of all the podcasts out there that you choose this one to listen to. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, let's really make this a collaborative effort. If there's something that you hear, that you notice, you know, something going on with the show that you're like, hey, you used to do this or you do that, or I'd like to see this, or hey, did you ever think about that? Shoot me a message. I'm open. I communicate. I message back. I like this to be a collaborative effort. I want more community involved in this. So anyway, thanks. And uh, till next time, peace.